0: Hello again, and welcome to My Time Capsule. I'm Mike Fenton Stevens, and My Time Capsule is the podcast, as it's always been, where people tell me five things from their life that they wish they had in a time capsule. They tell me about four things that they love, or cherish, or would like to have again, but they also tell me one thing that they wish they could forget something they want to bury in the ground and never think of again. My guest in this episode is the comedian Phil Ellis. Phil is an award-winning comedian who's entertained audiences of all ages with his amalgamation of offbeat observational material and physical comedy. Most recently, he was nominated for the prestigious Sky Best Comedy Show at the 2023 Edinburgh Comedy Awards and won the Malcolm Hardy Award for comic originality. And anybody who knew Malcolm Hardy knows that that's quite an award to get. Anyway, it was for his show, Phil Ellis' Excellent Comedy Show, a title that tells you everything you need to know Phil's TV appearances include the Russell Howard Hour Roast Battle There She Goes and Drunk History as well as writing and performing credits on bbc Three's The Tape Face Tapes He starred in and co-wrote three series of his own BBC Radio 4 sitcom, Phil Ellis Is Trying, co-starring Johnny Vegas, Lolly Adafope, Amy Gledhill, Alexis Sale, Sindhu V, Jack D, Lee Mack, Mark Lamar, and the wonderful late and much-missed Sean Locke. The series was nominated for a BBC Audio Award. In 2014, Phil won the Edinburgh Comedy Awards Panel Prize with his anarchic hit show, Funs and Games the show went on to have an 18-show run at the Soho Theatre. Phil's recent Edinburgh show, Hedgehog, led Phil to embark on a successful first-ever UK tour, which continues this spring through till May, all over the UK. Book your tickets now. I think you're going to like Phil as we hear the five things from his life he wants in a time capsule. There's Phil.
1: Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much for having me.
0: No, my pleasure.
1: I'm right back at you. Really enjoy the podcast as well.
0: Oh, thanks, mate. Great. So you must be, well, I would be over the moon if I'd won the Malcolm Hardy Award. Yeah. For comedy originality. Yes. That's fantastic, isn't it? Well, I mean, it was a slow year. Michael, but they, uh,
1: <laughs> it wasn't very rich, but um,
0: very little comedy originality that
1: year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I looked out really. I was uh, the, the best of a bad bunch. No, um, no, it was, a, It was. Um, yeah, it was very, it was a nice surprise as well, actually, because we got nominated for the, the, the Edinburgh Award that year. And then we'd also got nominated because the awards almost didn't happen. So uh, a comedian called Nathan Cassidy had set up the Edinburgh ish. Awards <laughs> <laughs> to sort of fill that gap. But then yeah. the awards did happen, but he'd already put the effort in. So he thought, well, I'll do it anyway. So we got nominated for one of those as well. So we, in the morning, we went and lost that one. Uh, I'd say Wigs, I've got abandoned the, the show yeah, that I, yeah. I did this year. They don't play enough music for you to really get into it. <laughs> or to get annoyed by it, so it's really hot <laughs> Hard to notice they're not very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. there's no point in being there. <laughs> no, they're not very, they very good. Uh, no, they're excellent. But we went to the first award ceremony, lost that, and then hot-footed it over to lose a second award that day. Mm. Uh, but then in the evening, we were doing a, an extra show, and I, and halfway through the show, it was interrupted with the award. I think the way Malcolm Hardy would have liked it, probably the show to be interrupted, heckled with an award. Uh, so that was quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> heckled with a positive. Brilliant. Yeah, that's exactly
0: what you'd need, isn't it? Yeah. I did see him at the Tunnel Club a number of times over the years. But, oh, um, wow. I know. It was amazing. I saw him do some absolutely outrageous things. I mean, really open-mouthed of what he was doing. He got a man wow. on the stage and he said, there's a nice suit. And the man went, yeah, he said, hang on a minute, he got a pair of scissors out, and he cut the trousers off so they were shorts. And this bloke was <laughs> laughing all the way through, thinking, you know, this is a trick or he'll do something. And he went, that looks better. <laughs> that was it.
1: Brilliant. That's, that's, and there's not many There's not many people could get away. I'd get the scissors out and they'd be wrestling with me straight away. but <laughs> He seemed to have, uh, I wasn't lucky uh, enough to uh met him, but I've heard so many amazing stories, mm-hmm. and I was very aware of him growing up. He used to appear like I used to see him popping up in things. I used to think, oh, who is this guy that keeps it like in the comic strip films? He'd be there, yeah. And and then eventually I went, oh, it's this guy, Malcolm. X. And um, so yeah, I've heard some amazing stories about. I this think it's because did.
0: everybody wanted to be as daring as him, but they didn't have the nerve. I think
1: because if you are not like I, I was a comedy nerd, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak. So I'm amazed, you know. People like yourself as well, who was part of the growing up, seeing you people in all these amazing things, right? And, um, like I don't radio, and I was saying to someone the other day that you don't really appreciate things in the moment enough sometimes, no. So, I've tried to get better at just taking a step back and going, like, I was sat having a drink with Alexis Sale the other week, yeah, and I went, and I was like, This is insane, I was like, <laughs> This is you've got to sort of take a step back, I've got his number. And I can go, mm-hmm. you know, and I was going, this, uh, which if you want it, just DM me, I'm happy to sell it to the right people. Um, <laughs> <that's> it. <laughs> and it was just, and we, we chat, we have a good laugh, and um, and he played my dad in the, this Radio 4 series that we did. and um,
0: Which was really good. What a cast as well.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was very surprised. I think we a lot we looked out with covid really a lot of people had very little do, so thank you. <laughs> that does help. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a that was a blessing. And uh, not for Nana but for me and mm-hmm. uh, for my sorry Nana but one for the team. No. Um, <laughs> we'll probably end it now if you want Michael. <laughs> no
0: no. No no, I'm glad you made the sacrifice. <laughs> it's your career and that's what's important. Yeah,
1: exactly. But um <laughs> Yeah, so we had some amazing people, like obviously Sean Locke, which was incredible uh, to have Sean on, mm. um, and Lee Mack. And yeah, it's, so there's moments like that when I had to stop and go, I've got Lee Mack and uh, Alexis Sale in one episode. And I just went, this is just so, yeah, that so was great. Saying <laughs> yeah. words I've written. Yeah, and well, Lee made some of them better. He did a few edits. And <laughs> I'm Alexis, sure he did, yeah.
0: <laughs> it was funny. We're
1: in one room and I had this joke, and, and uh, me and my co writer, Fraser Steele, prolific, very good writer. Mm. Um, We'd uh written this scene and everyone went, This doesn't really make any sense. And I said, Yeah, but it's got the word Saab in it. Imagine <laughs> Alexis Sales saying the word saab over and over again. <laughs> <We did it. laughs> and then we sat in the read through and Alexi just went, I don't understand what this is. And I went, and we both went instantly because he's not intimidating. we both like, "No, you're right. It makes absolutely no sense." So rubbish. It rubbish. Yeah. 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 Changing to <laughs> Volvo. Yeah. We we just took. Them, we just read the page. I went. No, you're right, Alex. You know it's stupid. <laughs> and then he just went. I don't think they make Psalms anymore anyway. I'm like, All right, mate. We, we get it. You don't want to. <laughs> it's gone. <don't> we? <laughs> well, lovely
0: though. You're right about that thing of treasuring the moment of actually while mm. you're there, going, "This is great." Because I look back, I don't do very much radio. And I love doing radio. Mm. I I did a load and loads of radio for years and years and years and uh, loved doing it. And now, for some reason, it's gone quiet. I think that's things are cyclical like that. Uh, probably because I've made no effort to get a job there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to. You've done enough. It's time to relax. You've done enough.
0: That's what most directors say to me. And, Mike, really, you've done enough. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, (laughs) Phil, too much.
1: You're not even meant to be on set. You were not hired for the stuff. You need to get out. But, no, you've got a wonderful radio voice as well. It's, It's a waste. (laughs) It is a waste. You're right. But instead,
0: I do podcasts. And a very good, successful one as well. Yeah, it's really lovely, you know. I'm just about to go into Wicked. I start rehearsals next week. Oh,
1: amazing!
0: For a year. So this will be my daytime job. So I feel like a proper actor then. I feel like I'm really cramming it in. That's great. It's up in, um, my friends went to see it in Edinburgh. Right, yeah, it's touring at the moment as well, yeah. That's right, yeah, I think it was in Edinburgh they went to see it. So that'll be incredible. Yes, it will be very weird. I'm sort of not quite prepared for it
1: at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it must be such a different Like with, with stand-up, it's if you do something wrong, it's fine. Because particularly with my acts, mm. I've done things wrong and they just assume I'm doing a bit. <laughs> and I had one show where they had these two alcoholic guys at the back just drinking cans out of a bag. And I was trying to get them out and everyone's going to the partner show. Brilliant. Their plants, yeah. Someone had a seizure in my last Edinburgh show, the last day, and everyone genuinely <laughs> thought was part. It took me ages to go, we need to get a paramedic. I went, No, honestly, we need to get <laughs> medical help. This, this, this person, this is, is there a doctor but, in know. the
0: house, and some actor stands up and says, Yeah, I'm gonna take this part? <laughs>
1: yeah, I've got it. Bit of improv.
0: I love shows like that, and that's why I like your show. I mean, I, I've always, oh, thank you. yeah, the Wow show. I think you may know from way oh, back, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Steve Frost.
1: I love Steve Frost. I saw him the other week. Lee Corns. Lee Corns as well. Brilliant. Yeah.
0: They did this amazing show. And I remember seeing in Edinburgh, early 80s. And I'd been playing football with them in the morning. And in the afternoon, Mm. I went to see the show. And one of the cast was absolutely one of the longest plants I've ever seen in an audience. It wasn't until about 15 minutes from the end of the show, an hour-long show, that he became involved. They brought him up on stage as if he were a member of the audience. And then he got annoyed with them. And then they started having a fight. <laughs> Absolutely everybody was convinced that it was genuine.
1: That's fascinating. Yeah, I had the same. I, I um, had a stag do in uh, my show in Edinburgh a couple of years ago. I would pay four people every day to pretend <laughs> to be in a stag do, one dressed as a pig. And, they would, and I'd pay them to be there for an hour before the show so that people would see them drinking around the venue and going, look at that guy dressed as a pig. And then they'd come in the show. And some people even knew the stag, but they'd still go, why is he kicking off? He knows. And it would cause trouble throughout the show. And then at the end, they'd come back and it'd be like, oh, it's a joke. But... Um, Yeah, which is – that's why I've never made any money from comedy because I'm paying four blokes to get drunk before the show. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: not a great business plan. No, it's not a great – well, I once had a – I think possibly one of the best jobs I've ever had. I had to go to the uh, Montreux Festival. Oh, great. I was given a press pass and I had Mm. to pretend to be a Swiss journalist and had basically a pass to anything I wanted. But right at the end of the festival – I went to the press meeting for the television show that I was going to be in. Right. And I asked them questions, which they had very funny answers to. That's all I had to
1: do. That's great. It's the long game. Yeah, because sometimes I see people try to do something right. We've well, really got to commit. And uh, yeah. I had one show that my first ever Edinburgh show, I, I wanted it to be such a, um, everything was going wrong to the point that, it was meant to be an emotional journey about how I found out I was adopted when I was 30. (laughs) I was told I was adopted and um, meeting my real father and all these things. And then, and then it was going to be interrupted by a a thing called the bear show, which is improvised rapping with bears. And (laughs) and, uh, The bear would come in at the end. I'd have a fight with one of the bears flyer, but I would pay again. I'd pay someone to dress as a bear and fly the show. I'd flyers for the show. Brilliant, and uh, and it was good because people would get also in the they'd show me the flyer in the evening. and Go, have you seen this? A three star review on yeah. the flyer, and the, the review was <laughs> almost the best hour of bear themed hip hop comedy I've seen this year. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to compare it to. Exactly, but you realise I really like yourself with that that whole playing that long game makes the joke really hit at the end. I think it's just those little details too. Yeah. But the sun on the Zoom has just come in then. It looks like, I don't know if you saw how bright it got. Yes.
0: You're looking rather lovely as if you're in some sort of <laughs> holiday or something. What part of the world are you in
1: that you've got sun shining? Uh, I'm in Stratford, Manchester. That's Yeah, so that's why Morris is so happy all the time because of the beautiful sunshine. That we get. <laughs> it's fame for it. Yeah, yeah his, his sunny demeanour comes from the uh, <laughs> natural light. <laughs>
0: Well, we've got time constraints. Oh, yes. Sorry. <laughs> I've had quite enough of you, Phil. That's a yeah, nice yeah. way to say. that. That's I'm, enough I'm... of that. <laughs> yeah, quite enough of that. She said we've only got 10 minutes. So uh, thanks very much, Phil.
1: <laughs> no, I'm sorry she said, yeah, Michael said an no. Did she say an hour?
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. <I did. laughs> right. Yeah, well, we've got to talk about things that you've chosen to put into a time capsule and see where that
1: takes us. Yes. So what's the first thing you've chosen? So I was thinking... Um, I, I also like, I was looking because you've had some amazing, such amazing, like, very eclectic mix of guests. Mm. So, and you've had people, you know, even like David Mitchell and Stephen Fry. Yeah. So I, I panicked and said, Chekhov. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, most Chekhov people do. in the, uh, in the time capsule, yeah. and then I realised I don't really know a lot about Chekhov, Michael, so I started <laughs> yeah. to regret it instantly. I'd like to put the Greek myths in. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know Chekhov's got one with a gun. Well <laughs> that one is I should have done Pinter; they're easy to read, they're only 12 pages long. Now, I uh, uh, I will realistically put in, the first thing i put in the time capsule I was thinking about this as well. Sorry, Magnus. I'm sorry. Right. I've got the. I'm like a cat getting distracted by shiny things. Um, <laughs> but the uh, who's opening this time capsule? Is it myself in a few years? Or it's a very good question. I mean,
0: uh, it's sort of why I don't define it really. I suppose it's up to yeah. you. You know, you could say, "All right, I want to put this away for my later life when I'm old. I can." bring them out again or yeah i want to put them in there so that they're safe so that anytime i want to watch them or see them or revisit them i can or you can put them in there so that other people will find
1: them and it will say something about you yeah no i mm. like that that's that's good because each of my uh, choices leads to a different personal so that's perfect thank you <laughs> okay good <laughs> um i'd like to put in preston bus station for when the robots are all that are left to mm-hmm. dig it up and see how we want to live <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the beauty of our architecture. And is Preston bus station beautiful? Well, um, so Preston bus station is the, one of the, is the, the council, as they want to do with most of Preston, uh, would like to demolish it, uh, because it's not in the center of town and it's enormous. I mean, it's a gigantic bus mm-hmm. station and, mm-hmm. um, and Preston's not particularly a, a, a big city. They cannot knock it down because it is now. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of How do they. It's listed, for, is it? List, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's That's a right. listed. But I completely forgot what it is. <laughs> it's a class. It's a class two stamp. Yeah. It's not even a stamp. Class two, <laughs> for, <laughs> second class. <laughs> I don't, I'm not very well, Michael. I'm not very well.
0: Made. I'm not long for this world. No. Not long for
1: this world. That's why but, I want to
0: get these things in the time capsule before it's too yeah, late. Put me in. <laughs> um, but
1: so it's a protected building and they can't knock it, it, it down. Is, That's yeah. what you're saying. It's, yeah, because it's the perfect example of brutalist architecture. It's, right. Yeah, which I do love, but, I mm. mean, we can all agree it's, it's quite a grim, overbearing style. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's got these uh, beautiful concrete arches. I bet they were hoping it was the wrong kind of concrete. Then fingers to- <laughs> got <laughs> And the the, the cur- and it's and it's um, yeah, it's it's very high. It's very bleak. It's mm. got a cold. The wind just sweeps around it. But as a child, I would obviously we get the bus into town, and you could go onto the top tiers of these concrete um, the swirls. Are all uh, it's a car park, so we could go to the top of there and uh, maybe have a cheeky cigarette, trying to be cool, and <laughs> me, me trying to join in, know, yeah. so not inhaling. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's got some
0: odd memories. And that's where buses started from, always. Yes. So it's not really where you'd go, is it? God, no, no, no. <laughs> they, would, <laughs> yeah. they would leave it empty and pick people up on the way.
1: Exactly, yeah, yeah. Everyone's just trying to get out. That's, like, they're like lifeboats from the Titanic
0: <laughs> yeah there's a bus station the Victoria bus station is uh, by Victoria station is a bit like right. that a bit of a brutalist architecture but it's also the place mm. where you would go to get a bus from London to somewhere else so you see lots of people standing around in it I used to get the bus up to college I don't know why my dad was a multi-millionaire it was ridiculous <laughs> the chauffeur could have taken me but I like to get down with the people Exactly. That's that's why I live in a house share. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, were you brought up in Preston? I was, yeah. But I mm. let, I did leave. Um, I did. That's my. I think a lot of people find it hard to place my accent because I left at eighteen and then didn't really return. Uh, <laughs> so I sort of. I think a lot of us do. I don't. I'm not sure. Like, try and get out. Doesn't matter how nice your experience is. I had a great childhood. Wonderful parents. Uh, a, you know, brother I love very much, but I uh, just wanted to get out and see mm-hmm. the world and what better place to do that than Congleton <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> <making> terrible decisions) <laughs> Well, lovely countryside around there. Yeah, uh, everything around Compton's quite beautiful. Yeah, mm. it's it's the um, it's it's one of those towns that has no right being in Cheshire. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it just it's just snuck over the just popping round the corner of the border, going <laughs> yes, postcode <laughs> well, that... <laughs>
0: waving at all the football millionaires. Quite yeah. Uh, mm.
1: Well, a- another high point, Mark. I-, I had to have two jobs as I started stand up. To have a daytime job and then an evening one because I took the daytime job so I could do stand up in the evenings, but I couldn't mm. quite afford to cover all my bills and rent. So I, I was delivering pizzas in the evening as well to all the millionaire footballers in Pressbury. It was lovely. Another one of my many low points in a, <laughs> in a Cinquento no. Go to a Man United player. And they don't tip, I can tell you that now, oh. they do not tip bastards. One football, well, I won't say it is. Sorry, Michael, I'm going off topic okay, again. I, I swear I'll get some more things in this, in this time <laughs> capture. He played for Man United and I turned up to his house with this delivery that was £11.80 and he kept me waiting by the door for ages and eventually came to answer the door in his pants. Now, <laughs> to be fair, if I had a body like that, I would never put clothes on. So, <laughs> yeah. the, the fair play. And he answered the door and I said, oh, that's £11.80, please. And he said, oh, I've only got 10. And this is outside his mansion and I'm, I'm in my Cinquenta. Oh. Uh, and I went, uh, oh, right. Um, I said, well, I'm sorry, I can't have it. And he went, well, I'll just give you, I'll just owe you the 180. And I said, oh, no, that's not how it works. And he said, well, I'll <laughs> give it to you next time. And I said, well, I'm not, I'm not your personal, I don't sit by the phone going, has he called? <laughs> does he, does he need the? So I went, I don't, it'll be someone else and I won't get the 180. And he went, well, I'll just, I'll get it back to you. And I went. I said, I can't do that. He went, Why not? And I never pointed to his mansion. I went, because, because you live in a mansion. I said, I'm not giving you 180. And then, <laughs> and he wouldn't give me, he wouldn't accept this. I said, Look, I'll take the Pepsi Max away and that's fine then. <laughs> and he went, Well, I want the Pepsi Max. I, went, I don't understand what, what this conversation is with this millionaire. So he then shut the door, kept me waiting for another five minutes and then came out with exactly £11.80. Oh my God. Yeah. And then lock me in the drive for five minutes. Oh, my. <laughs> and then God. Keep knocking on the door for him to let oh, me Oh, you've got to say who it is. Um, I can't because <laughs> it, it, you, you, if you edit it out, I might say <laughs> he doesn't really play for anyone anymore, I don't think. I think he found God. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, God found him. But yeah, I hope the other one found him. Uh, I'm, joking. I'm joking. It's a long and prosperous life. Well, it's difficult, isn't it? These young lads,
0: they suddenly get an enormous amounts of money and they don't have the sense of what it means at all, do they? So, Exactly. It, there you go. It's it's, it's their own. curse, as it were. Exactly. I appreciate my debt. Yeah, quite. Uh, I live in Tunbridge Wells down in Kent. And oh, our, our bus station has just been sold, which is clearly what they're aiming to do with Preston. And right, it, yes. it's been turned into luxury retirement flats. Wow. Which is ironic, isn't it? Because the people who can afford to buy those things don't need a bus service. Exactly. And, you know, a two-bedroom apartment in this place costs £900,000.
1: It's so funny, isn't it? I find since we're in all of these old buildings, like, there's no industry, particularly in Britain, in a lot of these well, particularly like working class towns that, mm. like Preston, all the mills have gone, et cetera. I just find it fascinating when you walk around a town like uh, Chester, for example, and they've got all the old mills. By the crowd, yeah. And they're all luxury apartments. And you think mm-hmm. that this is like, child workers running in and out of looms, getting caught up. And now there's just people sat there. It's so funny when you actually look at and people go, it's good that they've been repurposed. And I go, but it, it almost seems slightly disrespectful <laughs> as to what does, they've been repurposed yeah. into. But, but, you know, this is life. Ah, well. Still, we'll put the Preston bus
0: station and preserve it. Thank you. As a piece of beautiful architecture, if the time catches. Yes, let's keep it safe. Yeah, keep it safe. That's number one. Okay. Wonderful. So let's move on to number two. Okie dokie, it's ad break time. Don't go mad, don't spend too much.
2: We'll be back before you know it. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Welcome back. I hope I didn't make you jump getting back before you knew it. Sorry, I'll make a noise as I'm coming up the drive next time. Right, let's get back to Phil Ellis and find out what else he'd like to have in
1: his time capsule. <laughs> Number two. Filmwise. My favorite film is Being There, uh, sorry, Peter Sellers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'd like to put that in there so that I can watch it anytime I want.
0: I haven't watched that for many, many years. That's the uh, I like to grow, isn't it?
1: Yes, yeah. yeah. It's like basically there will be growth in the spring. And it's basically, mm-hmm. I, I turned it, I remember once I was just, um, I used to like watching because comedy wasn't on television quite as often as it is now when I was. growing up you know we we still had it on quite late but I had to basically put the telly on at midnight and try and catch the comedy store live or things you know to see anything so I used to like sneaking off at night when I was supposed to be in bed and just watching things so I turned the the telly one night and and it just started this film with Peter Sellers now I knew him from the Pink Panther of course yeah so I was like oh this will be funny I just—I watch it. It's just—and it is funny, but it was just such a different pace to what I was used to from a comedy film. And and it's—and you watch any of Ashby's work, you'll see—you know, incredible work. Mm -hmm. And it's just fascinating. It's just so funny. This journey of this guy who no one really knows where he's from, and he's literally just talking about gardening and he likes watching television, and then makes it all the way to the, the, the White House as an <laughs> advisor. <laughs> it's, just, it's just brilliant. Oh. All the like Shirley MacLaine. Great oh, yeah, she's just... brilliant. She tries to – there's the
0: scene where she tries to get him to have sex with her. Yeah. And she says, what do you like? Come on, tell me what you want. And he said, I I, I like to watch. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Meaning he likes to watch television. And she goes, okay. Yeah. And then she tries. <laughs> <That's> it. <Yeah. laughs> it's so beautifully yeah. done he's, because he's so co- – he's so – Without any expression, he's really confused, isn't he?
1: Yeah, and it's brilliant, yeah. Mm. Because just before she says that, he's just got the remote in his hand and he's just trying to, like, look, she's trying to kiss him but he's looking (laughs) over his shoulder trying to change (laughs) (laughs) channels. Yeah, and it's brilliant. And he really holds back in that performance and it's just like, yeah, it's fascinating. I love it. And it's one of those, and I won't ruin it for people who want to watch if you haven't, but there's so many things, like, it's just got this weird otherworldly quality about it as well, but... Oh, but he's grounded in that frustration of people in power and how ridiculous some of these people are, really, and how they get to these positions and how they hold them. And, it's and, yeah, it's great.
0: He's a fascinating actor, isn't he, Peter Sellers? Mm. Because there are performances that he did which are so subtle and so small, and that being one of them, mm. I think, but also the original Pink Panther. Yeah. That first Pink Panther performance is actually... I mean, it's strange. It's a big character, but he does it really subtly. Yeah. He's sort of very serious all the way through it. As it went on and people got the joke, and in fact, he got what they got, Mm. I think he then started to overplay it. Yeah. As it were. So the later Pink Panther films are almost a parody of the originals. and. I think clearly throughout his career he was pushed in that direction when you Mm. think of Dr Fu Manchu and all those sort of things. And, of course, he came from the goons, so that would have suggested that he was going to do these things. But if you actually listen to the goons even, Mm. there are performances in it that are ridiculous, but they're all believable. Yeah. And that does these these fantastic just sort of uh, nonchalant posh men the hello there johnny yeah yeah that voice and it's just it's fantastic Mm -hmm. so i think he obviously had a depth to his performing that often wasn't called on
1: yeah and i think it's it's like if you read a lot about it we actually look watch him particularly if you watch like doctor strange when you see these three different characters and it was meant to be four i think but he didn't want to do the slim Pickens part but the um if you watch like the the president character is so subtle and back, and then you've got the like you said the the post the, the 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 English like the British, the British officer, officer yeah. over the other side, and um, then you've got Doctor Strangelove, which is the when he goes <laughs> all out, which is it's yeah. brilliant, but like that's the real when you get what you, oh, you want. This part of Peter Sutter's, here. He is yeah yeah, but you must find that yourself though, Phil. That thing where you
0: you are pushing ideas that are. Hard to accept, hard for people to accept as real. And in a way, you have to be more genuine about those things. You have to convince
1: people that it's real.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, it, it's just silly.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I did a show, so the, probably the most difficult show I did. And I always try and, do, like. it's like you say, when people know what you do and they like what you do, it's very easy to just keep or do that more and bigger. Yeah. So I've mm. always tried to throw people off. And so by doing that, if it's hiring a stag dude, and, but I play it so straight that the staggering don't really do enough that it's, that it's got a punchline. And then they sort of go. So you go, well, that must be real because it was odd. They didn't interrupt to the point, but we all, it was putting us off and it's thrown Phil off mm. and they've gone. And then they come back and you go, oh, that's why. Oh, right. And then it does the. And then there was one show I did and the. <laughs> it's, my my it's just ridiculous. So I was in Edinburgh <laughs> and behind me, I, I, I paid for this venue, but I halved the size. I paid. It costs so much to have these railings put in. And then these curtains to be made. So, the back of the stage, halfway through, you realize that's not the back of the stage. There's another venue behind me. And that's where all the stage is so performing for the job for 40 minutes of the hour. And when I go out the route one bit, these people come out, there's an improv group, and they just drag the audience and start stealing audience members. Wow. So the, so, the reveal is that. So, I've tricked people, go, oh, that's yeah, what he's yeah. doing. We're waiting for this other thing. And I did a show the other year where I was talking. I know the people in the 40s, like the people my age, a lot of the shows are about family life and things. You know? So so everyone does shows about the children and things. So I, um, uh, so I talked about my two children for the hour and did this whole thing about how it changed my life and how important it is. And kind of when you look at life without family, we're not say if you haven't got a family, you know, people have different things. But for me, my family gives my life purpose. Mm. And the end of the show is how I got back with the mother of my children and how important that is and that. Things kind of work out, and then there was another bit at the end, so people go, oh, That was a wonderful choice. And then, just as the show's finished, someone comes in, and I have to admit, they haven't got children, and I've been lying for that's exactly but, the know. trick,
0: isn't it? That's the, the thing of pulling that off to convince people that, in fact, you're
1: almost getting emotional about yeah, it, yes, so and, I- and then to. To pull the rug from under them. That's it. And sorry, so that, that was, I was trying to figure out why I was telling these stories. But you're right. It's the sincerity, and it's the if you can draw people in and 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 make it believable, then you can people go, oh, oh right, I see what he's done. And uh, you know, so. and then as
0: you demonstrate, you can get away with quite outrageous things. You can yeah. convince
1: people of
0: really absurd things. They start. You go. You accepted that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Idiots. Now get out and put some money in the bucket on your way out. (laughs) (laughs) Keep supporting life comedy. Now get out.
0: (laughs) So next Saturday you're going to be going up there talking about, (laughs) obviously about Nan and how long COVID and that she needs a special operation. Exactly. And, you know, get them all to give you 20 quid. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'll hire a Nana for a tenner a day. Wheel her out.
0: (laughs) You can find them in Edinburgh. They wander around the streets. It's easy. They've got nothing to do. Nothing to do. <laughs> now all the post offices have been closed. Do? <laughs> now the buses have all been taken away. <laughs> Lovely. All right. Well, I'm going to put uh, Being There with Peter Sellers in. Excellent. Yeah. I think that will tell people a lot about your style and your performing.
1: Yes. The the next thing. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to put in the Oasis uh, the band is haircut <laughs> and their swagger. Mm-hmm. I'd like to put that in and that's for me to take out yeah. in a few years. <laughs> that's the one you need. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll be needing that. Definitely the haircut. It's amazing, isn't it? As soon as possible. I mean,
0: I, yeah. I sometimes wonder, in fact, whether that Mancunian confidence that they had, that mm. sort of fuck you attitude mm-hmm. is why
1: they were so successful. It's why everybody adored them. I think it was such a large part, and I think being um, so. When I was a teenager, like having this, because I do think like the 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 arts has been always been quite London centric, and I think particularly even even in comedy. Like I know there's a lot of great Northern comedians, but the people that make television don't come north of the border. So I have to go to Edinburgh every year to show them that I'm I'm a Northern comic, but I don't just play working men's clubs (laughs) because that doesn't really exist. They still think every review, certain reviewers, even this year. Mentioned working men's clubs, wow. I'm going. There haven't been gigs in working men's clubs in the no, north. No, There's only two left. <laughs> all been shut down. There are no working men. That's why. Exactly. There's no working. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what you think we're doing. <laughs> why do they need a club? <laughs> so to have such a big band, mm. and they were so northern. It was like, draw me a northerner. <laughs> and yeah, and I think growing up the attitude now looking back as i'm a bit older i now know why my parents are like these are idiots why are you looking up to these people but for someone growing up you went yeah the swagger Mm -hmm. the confidence and i like the music as well but the energy was so addictive so
0: absolutely i was that little bit older so that i always looked and said why are they getting liam to sing the other one's much better singer yeah yeah And, and everybody who loved the band went because he sticks his head up in the air puts his hand behind his back and just Belts it out. That's why. Yeah. It's the
1: attitude. And it's just unique. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like pretty powerful nas And it was like unabashedly a northern voice coming through the microphone. Absolutely. And uh, and looking back now, it's funny because I go, God, no. no. Yeah, I love Noel Gallagher still, don't you? But I go, oh, but I hear Liam, he's still got that. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot else like it still. There's still not really got many people with a voice like Liam Gallagher. But, yeah, I, I I loved having that haircut when I had a fringe. <laughs> but time's been cruel. <laughs> so,
0: uh, I can understand an older generation looking and going, why are you liking this band? They're idiots. Yeah. Because almost everything about them is derivative. Yeah. But they brought together styles from... They brought together The Beatles. That's undeniably part of what they are.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I think without Oasis, I don't think... the. I, the, I might be wrong. The Beatles would have had the second... rather well, the second. But, I mean, The Beatles are incredible. They're probably the best band yeah, ever. Yeah. But they... Really did come back in the 90s -hmm. and before, because Oasis wore it on the sleeve so much. And I think guitar music was so in in the 90s as well that it allowed the Beatles to sort of, Paul McCartney, you know, and everyone to to do that anthology series, Mm -hmm. which is great. Yeah second one's the best. <laughs> Andrew Birkin's Sing is just a joy to listen to the outtakes from that. Brilliant. But I think that helped push because everyone was going, oh, well, what, why does no Gallagher? Or the younger people were going, well, they, I've not really heard the Beatles. And then they start getting, and I, that really got me into the Beatles, mm-hmm. to be honest, through Oasis. So I do think they got a lot of people into that music as well. But, yeah, I, I don't have the haircut. I, I used to get punched a lot when I was younger because <laughs> I realised if you swagger around with an Oasis haircut and sunglasses on in a nightclub, you will get punched unless you are Liam Gallagher with other people around you. You yeah, are well, basically asking for it. You're saying, yeah,
0: yeah, you think yeah. you can punch me? And people go, yeah, I do, I really do. Yeah, yeah. It's quite
1: easy, actually. Your vision's impaired with sunglasses in this dark space. Yes, well, actually said to me, I'm going to throw those glasses across that bar in a minute. And, I, and to be fair... He did, uh, <laughs> he did follow that through. <laughs> well, it's difficult for me because I'm a, a Man
0: United supporter, but mm. I do love their passion for Man City. The whole Manchester thing mm. is really something, isn't it? It's a great city, Manchester.
1: Yeah, I've lived here for most of my adult life mm. nowadays. Um, and I've lived in, I love London as well, like I really do. I think it's such a unique place and it's, well, every part of it is so unique as well mm. I love about London. But Manchester, I think, is where my heart is. So I always end up And my heart is also with their house prices. I will move back
0: (laughs) I don't blame you. The fantastic Oasis. Let's put them in. Yeah,
1: let's put their spirit in there. Yeah, their spirit. Absolutely.
0: Happy days. Right, that's
1: two we've got left,
0: Phil. So we've done three. We've got a good one and a bad one.
1: Yes. So I'll put my final good one in. Mm -hmm. I'd like to put in... Because I thought I need something. Because being there was more sort of film, I suppose it was comedy. But I was going to put a, a, a comedian in there for me to enjoy. For, which I do anyway. Now, uh, still is Rick Mail. Uh-huh. I'm going to put Rick Mail in there and all of his work. Yeah, um, who I've unashamedly, I would say, borrowed from over the years. Who's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a comedian I think about most of the time, really. And it's interesting. I think just because someone that you didn't know have such an impact yeah is is a very uh because how absolutely good a lot of people so gutted obviously when we the world lost uh Rick Mouse. it was very sad mm. i didn't you don't know until as you get old and start looking through and then you see you go all oh, right well that's i get now that obviously after the accident he must have changed yeah, uh, yeah. and obviously his work changed and uh it, 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 what he could do but still that genius and that energy is still there, you know. um... Energy is extraordinary, uh, and it's a
0: unique energy. Mm. He was uh, quite extraordinary. Did you get to work with him? I did. uh, I did. I knew him quite well, yeah. We had some great times together. I feel very fortunate to have known him. Yeah. He was a very sweet man, but he was was wild as well. He had a wild side to him, which, you know, is, is, is sort of unpredictable. Uh, in a way, that's part of his charm. He was a really beautiful man. Mm. People forget how good-looking he was, actually. Oh, yeah. Because he constantly turned himself into sort of a, a weird person. So he would play Kevin Turvey, or he played Rick in The Young Ones and those sort of things, and Bastard. Mm. They're all characters that fundamentally are, are dislikable, but actually mm. he always made them lovable.
1: Yeah bottom was uh, uh, the first thing i, said. I was yeah. at the age where bottom was out and that was like and and to me and i hear stories about what the Derek and clive tapes used to be like for some people yeah uh because they were so like raucous and rude and like oh my god what they say. saying <laughs> you know but for me it was hearing about bottom live and you go you know they swear We go what yeah <laughs> and then they have the, my brother's got the video and then they go watch it and, go, oh. and it was amazing so exciting and um weirdly i got I remember my mum used to work at Asda and used to get 10% off videos and she got me bottom live on video. Yeah. Because she was like, I'm sure you like it. And that was, and that was, I think it was probably the first Rick Mail thing I got and then that was it. And then it opened the door to everything else. And, uh, and Kevin Turvey, The Man Behind the Green Door, is one of the best things. It's amazing, isn't it? It's still one of the funniest things, yeah.
0: It's such a different character. Although he used to do mm. the sort of the, the poet character when he did stand-up, which is a, sort of a nervous and uh, overly excited sort of slightly angry
1: poet. Yeah, which I suppose turned into Rick in The Young One. Uh, a bit, that, yeah, it's sort different. of
0: pompous, yeah. pompous attitude and everything. That's what that's where Rick sort of came from. He'd read his poetry and the opening line of Wonder them was whenever I'm near to the theatre. Oh, yeah,
1: so I've, I've heard that one, yeah. Um, about <laughs> Vanessa Redgrave. Vanessa Redgrave.
0: But on that rhyme he would do it and then he'd turn to the audience and look at everybody as if they were idiots that they hadn't applauded. Yeah yeah. You knew exactly what he was thinking. He had that ability with very little effort to make you aware of what he was thinking. A great skill, I think. He could so easily have made it in America as well, I think. He- that was the thing
1: that used to confuse me as a child as well and um and then I found these on earth these old interviews with in, and uh, mm-hmm. and it was fascinating because I remember th- I just kept thinking because Jim Carrey was coming through and I was just getting, going like I don't understand why Rick Mail's not the biggest star in the world because this guy seems like a pale imitation of Rick Mail. Really, he's not got the skills, the charisma. It, the charisma, yeah. And then I read an interview with him when he was making Drop Dead Fred, and it was quite fascinating. So I went, "Oh, it's funny how we think this means success." They said, "Do you like doing films?" He goes, "Oh, it's nice to get driven around in a fancy car and things." He said, but um, mm. he said, "I prefer doing live stuff with TV audience because I like an audience." And he went, "Oh, I get it because yeah. you see that in the performance that he gets bigger." Yeah, yeah. And if you watch Drop, I love Drop Dead Fred. But the energy is not quite there. It's not quite at its peak because it's a film crew and you've got to be told cut here. But with a live thing, you just see he's so much bigger. and and Quite extraordinary.
0: uh, Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing him at Fairfield Halls, Croydon. He was touring with Andy de la Tour. Correct. And then Ben Elton did a bit of stand-up and then Rick came on. And with justification, he introduced himself. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the funniest man in the world, Rick Mayle. You could see that. Put him in front of an audience, and that's where he really fired. It was fabulous.
1: Yeah, I got to. I, I, mm. I went to see him live a few times. I saw the New Statesman tour and a couple of the Bottom Lines tours. Yeah, and uh, I remember I queued outside to get his autograph at uh, the New Statesman, like, and I was just mm. and I was so nervous. I had like, my Kevin Turvey video, the, the investigates, the or the five minute bits from Kick Up the Eighties, and so I was like, I was waiting for ages. And this guy was in front and he was really annoying me because he brought American Werewolf in London thing. And I was like, Yeah, we all know he's in it. All right, mate, but why bring that? What's is that, is that your favorite Rick Mail thing? <laughs> is it <laughs> the album?" So I was like, Well, okay, you're just pretending you know. All right. So I'm waiting for ages and then and people kept pushing in. And this guy kept saying, Can you bring my sister now? And everyone was like, he's, He already came out and said, Because well, you say he was probably quite tired, he would get tired. So he said, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling very well, but I'll sign everyone's things, which I thought was great that he took so I just took the video, and this woman went, "Oh, this!" And I was young at the time. So this young man's been waiting, and I was like, "Oh." And he came out, and I gave him the video, and I couldn't speak. He went, "Oh, thanks for bringing that." He said, "I've not seen that for years." He went, "Oh, it means a lot that you brought that." And I said, "So I tried to tell him how much it meant to me. So I went, it meant so much, um, uh, <laughs> and I couldn't speak." And this woman went, "Oh, look, he's shaking." I went, "All right, you don't make it work. So I was shaking, <laughs> and then and then he put his arm around me to make me feel better, and then that made me shake more. And he went, it's all right. And I went, oh, but I used to watch this every day. And then he signed it for mm. me. And we got the photo, the Vs. And uh, and it was great. And it was that perfect experience of going. I met him. He was as nice as people said. And I know sort of some people can come out and put on for stuff. But when you actually go, no, I can see that in him, that he wants to do this for me, but he appreciates it. And it's nice. Mm. So I was very lucky I got to meet him. Yeah. And it's nice to chat to people like yourself and that who worked with him. And, and I know people that obviously knew him very well and stuff. And it's nice to hear loads of positive, you know. Oh, and- yeah. No,
0: there wasn't a time where I didn't meet him and think, oh, how great. Yeah. How lovely that I met Rick. I've seen Rick again. There are people in the world like that because life keeps people apart. Mm. And then every now and again... You come back together and it's just fabulous. Oh, great! All right, let's put a fantastic Rick Mail into the time capsule. Yes, as your fourth thing. We've so exactly. just got to put in the thing that
1: you want to get rid of. I know. I don't. It's a really troubling one. This. I'm not sure. I mean, I really would like to put it in my credit card debt, if I'm honest. But I mean, that would just probably <laughs> make me forget to pay the bill. <laughs> uh, sorry, Barclays. I don't think you heard the uh, podcast. No. out. Put it in the older. It <laughs> doesn't it's gone, exist. Mate. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> so, what I'd like to put in. Um, hypermobility, right? Do you have that? Yeah, It would be weird if I did. <laughs> no, my neighbour has. It, it might be. Yeah, that. no,
0: I just, I just can't bear people yeah. who've got hypermobility. Just it just drives too, me mad. Too damn mobile. Too bendy. <laughs> just
1: bendy in all sorts of ways. Yeah. Yes, I've got. I'm hypermobile, and when I found, because I've always been. I remember when I was growing up, my, my auntie would be like, "Oh, I love my auntie. They're all from Kirby in Liverpool, which is a great place." The world, um, uh, an estate, and just outside of But they were all, I love them to bits. But about the very quick story, my favorite story was that my, one day we were in the garden and a tin of uh, pineapple chunks flew over the, the wall. And uh, and I was like, that's a bit weird. A tin of pineapple chunks was just sat there. And then a tin of peas came over and hit my brother in the head <laughs> and knocked him out. I went, what the hell's going on there? So they ran in and someone had stolen a van of tinned goods. And we're driving <laughs> through the estate and someone was in the back throwing them over the like a sort of you know modern-day Robin Hood, throwing all the tins, <laughs> which was a great thought, but you know, my brother's got had concussions and he can no longer look at tins or and I put jumps with that <laughs> <hood> <laughs> <in>. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, oh sorry, so the point is that she she uh, pointing out that I was stood in this weird position once and it was my legs, like an old Barrymore sort of pose, you know, when he used to like get his legs like that. And she's going, what the when, when she swore, she had a stutter, so she'd swear for about an hour. And I'm going, no, no, no. She's going, <laughs> 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 I was going, oh, no, no, She's going. like that. <laughs> it wasn't even one you could sort of gloss over and go, that oh, I can't gloss over that 12-minute swear. <laughs> So yeah, and I just She's just trying to call you a coward. Yeah, and she um and, and I went, oh, that's interesting. I suppose I do stand a bit weird. And then as you get a bit older, I had flat feet and everything. Basically, I might put my body in the capsule. That's all right. <laughs> Sorry, no way. It'd be a head in a jar, but fair enough. um it. My Oasis haircut floating above it, <laughs> just put on top, kept in
0: place with a tin of pineapple chunks. Yeah, yeah.
1: So my brother doesn't visit. <laughs> Yeah, and, it's, uh, and, it's, and I remember going to the doctor with they said, So you're hypermobile. And I went, Oh, right. I said, What does that mean? They went, Your body can bend and keep so, for, but with most people's joints stop, yours keep going. I went, He said, So, for example, if you wanted to be an athlete, and I thought, oh My God, I'm going to be the greatest. He went, You couldn't because it would really destroy all your. Life. I went, Oh, great. I said, Well, I build <laughs> it up like that. Why don't you just say, Physically, you're going to have a lot of pain as you get older. But <laughs> like, If you want to be an athlete, I went, Here we go. You can't. So, I, was like, oh. I mean, I wasn't going to be, but now I want
0: to. Yeah, I've got two grandchildren who are hypermobile. Yeah. And it is a bit of a curse, I agree with you. Yeah. So I I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you because no. arthritis isn't as bad as they say. Oh, no, you haven't got arthritis anymore. No, I'm not hypermobile. <laughs> it's going to be
1: ridiculous. I was going to say, you look because you look very well. I'm <laughs> almost perfect. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> She's sickening. <laughs> But, uh, but uh, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll put that in because I'm fed up of my knee's hurting and I'm only 42. But it's quite good for in the show where people... I had a review this year that said, um, for a 42-year-old, he's very energetic. I was like, I found that And they don't write, and what a great
0: loss to the British Olympic team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, not gold
1: again this year. Thanks,
0: Phil. Oh, well, never mind. Well, we won't blame you for it, but
1: uh, have a fantastic time on tour. Thank Thank you you very much. Absolute pleasure. I really appreciate you having me on the show. My pleasure.
0: You have been listening to My Time Capsule with me, Mike Fenton-Stevens, and my guest, Phil Ellis. Right, I won't keep you long, or you could always stop listening now and move on to another episode. We have over 350 to listen to, so even if you've listened to them all, I'm sure there are some you've forgotten. I mean, I have. Still, in the meantime, i better do, as I said, and get on with it. Please subscribe to this podcast and maybe even rate or review it so others can see you enjoyed it. Download the Past the Peas composed and performed theme tune from Spotify. Follow me and my time Capture on social media. Subscribe to Acast Plus and get this podcast ad-free, plus a bonus app every week, all for just £2.99 a month. And don't forget, this was a cast-off production for Acast, produced by John Fenton-Stevens. Right, clearly that leaves one very important question. Why can't I do the credits that quickly every episode? I mean, imagine the amount of time you've wasted listening to me wrap it on. Still, it's your life. Do with it as you will. Actually, I'm good at wasting people's time, as you'll know if you've listened to more than a couple of the episodes we've made. I can do it at the drop of a hat. Don't jump off the roof, Dad. You'll make a hole in the yard. Mothers just planted petunias And it was terribly hard If you must end it all, Dad Why don't you give us a break? Just take a walk to the park, Dad And then you can jump in the lake See? Complete waste of time Hello? Hello? Anybody there? Ah, yeah, just you Right, in that case... My brother has a square stomach. It may seem strange, but it's true. He doesn't only eat the cereals, he eats the boxes too. Aha, finally all on my own in the empty, dark void. Actually, I'm getting a bit scared. I think I'll turn the lights on. Bye.